Hello everybody, thank you so much for being with me, appreciate the time. Hey, uh, there's a, f a lot of things been happening and uh, I want to uh, chat about what is happening with this Pfizer-Moderna lawsuit. Also, we'll chat about uh, uh, a great... Uh, personality in the internet right now they got banned completely from all platforms including TikTok and uh, it's been creating a big a big disarray uh, Andrew Tate I'm pretty sure you heard of him uh, he's a big uh, personality uh, there's a lot of people in, in interviewing him. And, and one of the interviews I'm going to be playing is, is from Tucker Carlson, who got interviewed. He has interviewed this uh, this guy. But uh, <clears throat> and the last thing we're going to be chatting is going to be about uh, this whole thing of um, uh, loans being forgiven. Forgiven. I like to find out for those people they already uh, finish paying their loans how they feel when the government comes and says hey you know what we're going to forgive the generation prior to you because you already finished so we don't have to pay the bill for you but we're going to pay for the one that just finished paying uh, I mean starting the, the loans <clears throat> so with all that uh, let's, let's get started so um, Moderna is actually Suing Pfizer, Pfizer for, well, because uh, Pfizer made a lot more money than Moderna, for sure that's the main topic. No, it's not it. No, because they said that Pfizer stole their technology of Moderna. And let's see what, what they had, meaning Moderna, as far as patents. Because let's remember this whole vaccine came in 2020. And it was a uh, warp speed that Donald Trump and the government and Donald Trump made this happen, right? According to uh, uh, even Donald Trump has been saying. So this is a big, uh, a big thing. So they had this, this whole technology already ready uh, back in 2010 and then later on uh, what is interesting they got a funding from Bill Gates for 20 million dollars the Bill Gates and uh, I think his wife at the time because right now they're going in divorce um, Melinda Gates Foundation Moderna did got funding from Bill Gates. What got popularized was Pfizer pushing forward and forward with lots of commercials. Obviously, they're, uh, I'm not saying they're vaccine, but they were pushing their products. Pfizer makes a lot of different drugs. And uh, one of the most, make uh, one of the most mega million ideas was this COVID-19 which I have been playing in previous podcasts that 
even the CEO accepted that, you know, it was an efficacy of what, 5%, maybe 10% or sometimes nothing at all. But you still have all these side effects, right? That was uh, the one thing. But who has the handle on this? And obviously, uh, because uh, the whole um, COVID-19 is being all over the world, uh, the technology came first uh, <clears throat> from Moderna. But I'm going to read something. Uh, this is from the New York Times. And it says, the vaccine manufacturer Moderna sued Pfizer for biotech on Friday, claiming that its rival COVID-19 shot copied groundbreaking technology that Moderna had developed years before the pandemic. They're talking about technology, the mRNA. Uh, The allegations of patients' infringement sets up what could become a protracted and expensive legal battle between the companies behind coronavirus vaccines that have saved millions of lives worldwide and raised hopes for future medical products using similar messengers, RNA or mRNA technology. This uh, company, Moderna, it's been bringing up this technology from previous, like I I told you guys, 2010. And uh, they've been getting funds. They got $20 million from the uh, Bill Gates Foundation. And it wasn't until later uh, that uh, technology was, I guess, because they were still doing studies. They have not been doing it on humans. But I guess uh, this was the best case scenario for them to release it. But at the end of the day, who was most popularized? Who made this vaccine more popular as Moderna or Pfizer? Pfizer did. And that comes to mind to tell you guys that it all comes to the big dollar, ladies and gentlemen. The big dollar. That's why these companies are going at it. Or mainly Moderna against Pfizer because, hey, I didn't make as much money, but you did. And so now I'm going to have to collect some of that money because you stole my uh, my patents. Uh, you know, there's other doctors, they have put patents on these mRNA technology, so they're going to have to pay uh, for sure. Uh, but. The and the and the company Pfizer have made it an extravagant of money in one year, so much that they have to give the CEO a uh, big lonesome check, and making uh, Pfizer one of the newer technologies companies in you know in the Force magazines. Obviously, this is not uh, something new. Many companies uh, making medicines pharma is is big money machine but here we can see clearly you know the the big pharma money uh, just a small fractions of the overall sales of covid vaccines reached records of 36.8 billion dollars in the 2021 just to see some numbers this is from pfizer we're not seeing anything from I don't see anything here from 
from Moderna how much they made because most of those fundings came from the government. Yes, the government funded all of this stuff. And uh, the NIH uh, wants uh, a little bit of, uh, also wants a little bit of kickback on that. And this is a, uh, a company by, by the government, uh, the National Institute of Health. Uh, it's, it's said that it collaborated and its collaborators, or uh, if you can call it that, for uh, to the development of the COVID vaccine, they want to get a little bit of action as well. So if if you want to go check out this whole uh, whole article, you know you're gonna see the NIH. I'm sorry, NIH in this, uh, and the, obviously the Moderna company suing Pfizer, but. NIH, just to give you a little more insight, is um, wants to take <laughs> some credit also for this COVID-19 vaccine, and that's that's money. That's money uh, that it's um, they could collect profits, correct? But here in the same article, the interesting thing is, check this out. The federal government has ordered 105 million doses of the Pfizer Biotech Rimbap shots and 66 million of Moderna with options to buy hundreds of millions more. Of course, it all comes down to the numbers. And, you know, I, I can go on and on with, with this article, but the, the main thing here. The main thing here is that they they're going to go to battle because the government's not gonna really purchase us anymore because there's boosters after boosters. Nobody's really buying or getting these vaccines. And as much as one would like to believe that these things do work, the reality is is that your DNA works better than a vaccine. It always has, and it always will. And I'm not going to say that I'm one of those guys against the vaccines. I'm just against this one in particular. But I'm not against vaccines. Because technology in the past has helped millions of people. You name it. Different, um, different type of diseases that is... Um, there is out there and for those that have vaccines you know you're still alive for most likely for because of one of them anyhow i just wanted to point out this i'm going forward the big news um also uh, they came across the government is uh basically the Forgiving, um, what ten thousand up to ten thousand, or up to twenty thousand, and I'm gonna read from the White House. Here it is, uh, the WhiteHouse.gov brief. It says, um, "Fact sheet: President Biden announces student loan relief for borrowers who need it the most." 
A three-part plan delivers the President's Biden promise to cancel $10,000 of student debt for the low- to middle-income borrowers. President Biden believes that a post-high school education should be ticketed to the middle-class life, but for far too many, the cost of borrowers will colleges lifelong burden that deprives them of opportunity. During the campaign, he promised to provide a student debt relief. Today, the Biden administration followed through on the promise and providing families breathing room as they prepare to start repaying loans after the economic crisis brought on by the pandemic. And, <clears throat> and he goes on and on, and obviously the cost of attending college has, um, has skyrocketed, but federal support has not kept peace that's what uh, uh, you, you you can go ahead and and keep on reading if you want to uh, read this whole thing but <clears throat> what really intrigues me here is, is this skyrocketed accumulates federal student loans debt 1.6 trillion dollars and rising for more than 45 million borrowers the interesting thing is that <clears throat> you know that uh, uh, Schools are like institutions, uh, like Harvard and uh, you know this UFC and uh, many of these high-costing um, uh, colleges have an average. For example, Harvard has ten billion dollars in savings. So. To say that they are for the students, this type of schools, it's a lie. This is what a corporation like Disney, not even Disney has that much money in their savings, you know, uh, for any transactions like that. But schools like this, to have that type of money, it's really outrageous. It's a, it's basically slapping your face if you're a student and going to pay these outrageous months of tuitions. And what do you get at the end? You really get, at the end of the day, a secure job somewhere? I really don't. You really don't get a secure job. And the other thing is that you end up with a debt. Now, $10,000 might not seem like a lot for some but for us the ones are paying the taxes at the end of the day now you just increase my inflation even more i don't agree with this let alone a lot of the people that have been paying and paid off their student loans agree with this because why don't they get a refund why don't i get a refund for my money i already paid for college what and somebody gets their refund for their money they already paid for college. And I'm going to play a clip so you guys can understand how some of these people actually do feel about people being gin-gypped because they already did the right thing. They paid their student loans and they paid them with interest on top of it. And here it is. Save any 
money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter's work, she was 10. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed. I appreciate it. This is how so many are feeling right now, all these things. Why? And it's because everybody did their, they did the right thing. Um, are getting screwed in the end because at the end of the day all that that is supposedly a help aid is going to get paid by the ones that are paying the taxes I don't know how you feel but uh, if you're waiting in line and somebody cuts in front of you I don't think you would like that and that's exactly what's happening and to top it off you're waiting in line and paid this guy doesn't get paid I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. Surely for those that paid, I I understand. I paid, and I know how I'm feeling, so I hear your pain, loud and clear. Now, <clears throat> the other uh, last, last topic of the night, it's uh, Andrew Tate, uh, the... the the interview was done by uh, Tucker Carlson, and it, it I think it was a very interesting, interesting uh, conversation he had with this guy who is being canceled completely from all, every media source that you can think of, you know, including TikTok. I, I wouldn't think that would be the one to ban him, but he got banned from that one too. So, uh, the thing about this guy that he says interesting things, quite to bring back, I think, um, some of these uh, cultural things that we need to hear and sometimes to make you open your eyes. But I want to play a little bit of the interview and you guys judge. What do you think? And uh, let's roll it. Welcome to Tucker Carlson. Today, Andrew Tate, suddenly the most famous man on the Internet, and then all of a sudden gone from the Internet. A few days ago, banned by virtually every social media app on the Internet around the world for reasons that no one explained and that are still not clear. Lots of mean things being written about Andrew Tate, but we have learned over time to trust our own experience. Don't believe what you hear, go right to the source. And so today we're doing that. We're speaking to Andrew Tate himself, who is joining us as far as we know from Bucharest, Romania. Andrew Tate, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, Tucker. Of course. So why do you think, and this is a sincere question because I don't know the answer, why do you think you were banned from the internet? I was banned from the internet for having massive influence over the youth and for not aligning myself with the liberal degeneracy in which they want me to purport to the young people of the world today. So I I, I, I want to get much deeper into that, but I just immediately amused by the phrase liberal degeneracy because, of course, they're accusing you of degeneracy. So you're saying that you exposed 
how degenerate they are, and they are, of course, completely degenerate. What did you say that they couldn't tolerate? Well, this is the thing that's interesting. I don't really feel like I've exposed anything. Like, I'm truly not a very political person. This is the first time someone's experienced this level of ban. I'm not particularly right-wing. I don't vote. I mean, I obviously have my own personal views, but they didn't ban me for that. Um, they banned me simply because I had large swaths of the population agreeing to very traditional masculine values, teenage men and young and young men, 20, 30, 22, 23, 24, were looking up to me and aspiring to be like me. I have a very traditionally masculine life. I have fast cars and a big house and, and a lot of money and a beautiful girlfriend. And they thought they thought this was very, very threatening. And for some reason, they decided that it's better if they annihilate me from the internet and replace me with somebody who's more aligned with whatever they're trying to purport. I, I sense that what you're saying is right. Again, I, I don't really know. I, um, but flesh it out a bit. Why would your message or lifestyle be so threatening to the people who banned you? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because I've been banned under the guise of misogyny and, and dangerous person. And this is the first time this has ever happened. Like I said before, whenever this was happened, there was political affiliation. And now there really isn't. And it's a very slippery slope. I mean, it's dangerous enough when they're doing it to political rivals, but when they start doing it to anybody who simply says anything they don't like of, on any, under any label, then this is the beginning of a, a large wave of censorship which is incoming. They said I'm misogynistic. They said that I say things which are degrading and damaging to women. I strongly reject that point. What I do is I try and stick up for men, and what I do is I try and advertise to the world and to the young men of the world that they should avoid low quality people of all genders. And through clever censoring of me discussing uh, important issues about men and through clever editing of some of my videos from very long format into very, very short format, they've managed to media spin and purport the lie that I am some woman hating misogynist when absolutely nothing could be further from the truth. Now, this is where tech has actually uh put their hands into this because uh, it has become now from political aspect into now we want to control whoever we decide and that now it's very clear somebody is um, uh, can say stuff like uh, empowering you know males but apparently they're against the males if that's the way they're looking at it because um if somebody wants to be a role model, then you can't be a role model if you're going to be having this type of uh, talks. And you decide for your own whether you like these chats or not. Because if you do don't like them, then you don't have to listen. But if you do like them, you will continue to listen. You'll continue to actually look and search for more of the same. And... Here is the impact of what technology companies like all the ones that we can see, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, etc., can do to ban somebody like this guy. So, you know, this is one of the things that you have to continue to fight if, if you have, or you heard of this uh, man, Andrew Tate's. So uh, let me play a little more and uh, we'll see 
what do you think? If you agree with him or not. Happy to let you speak for yourself. Tell us what your message is to young men. Yeah, so I think that being a man is very, very difficult. I think that men's issues are largely overlooked. The people in charge of the world pretend to care, but when somebody who's champion, championing, championing men's issues like myself comes forward and finally manages to garner huge percentiles of the public support, I'm silenced. So they're not really interested in men's issues. And there's a lot of young men growing up today that feel very disaffected. They feel invisible. The agendas that are being forced down their throats are not agendas they align with or they feel affinity to or agendas they want. And I basically just say to men, look, it's a very hard life. You're going to need to get up, work hard, go to the gym. Strong body is a strong mind. You're going to have to reject listening blindly to everything you're told. Reject the slave mind. Think for yourself. Get a strong network of brothers. Work aside them. Don't tolerate low quality people in your life which means don't tolerate men who just smoke drugs and play video games or men who are disloyal or dishonest. By extension, don't tolerate women or girlfriends who are disloyal or dishonest and try and build and create a reality full of high quality people in which you can resist the programming that the matrix tries to uh, influence you with and grow up truly happy. And what happens is when I say these things, they ignore 95% of what I say. They ignore me saying that you need to avoid low quality men and they take the bit where I say avoid women who are dishonest. And then they put it on a, a reel, a very short three or four second clip. And then they say I'm a misogynistic person and I'm dangerous to women and I need to be banned. And it's truly, truly, I've, I've, ex I've explained in my final video, which I'd like to talk about. I, I put a video up. It can be viewed now at www.freetopg, which is my nickname, topg.com. And I explained at length. How, what has happened to me, how it was done, and why it's not true. And everybody knows it's not true, but they've just come up with the spin that I am somehow dangerous to women because I tell men to, to grow up and, and be the kind of man that we were all taught to be in the 90s and 80s anyway. I, I really am not saying anything controversial on any level. Well, I, you know, I'm not grounded in your work apart from seeing a few videos, but the message you just articulated strikes me as the best possible message. It's hard to imagine who could disagree with that. To give our audience some sense of the scale of your band, so TikTok, I don't believe you had a TikTok account. Your videos were shared by others on TikTok, and they were one of the most widely viewed categories on TikTok, Andrew Tate videos. TikTok apparently has banned any video of you, not just ones you release, but ones in which you appear. So this is really a, a reaction without precedent. This wasn't done to the ISIS beheading videos, what they've what they've done uh, to you. So I, I, I just want to press you a little bit more on motive. We're both speculating, but it's really interesting. What about the message that you just articulated is so threatening to the people who banned you? Well, I think that, and this is the true shame of it, and I want to make this very clear as a matter of public record, I have no interest in going to war with social media companies. I had no interest in trying to convert large swaths of the population to one political party or another. I had no interest in that. All I was doing is was speaking from my personal experience about the difficulties of growing up as a man and how to get the best possible life experience as a man in the world today. And when you do that, you unfortunately for them, you must teach people to resist the slave mind and to think for themselves and develop character and to learn how to stand up and do the right thing, even if it's difficult. 
and to not blindly accept programming and to not be physically weak and to not be mentally weak. And what you're doing is, I guess what I'm doing is I'm creating people, I'm creating millions and millions of young men who simply won't listen to lies or swallow the garbage they're trying to feed them. And they see me as another way out. They, they look at a YouTube feed and they see all the videos they're supposed to like. They don't like any of them and I don't blame them. They see me and they're finally like, wow, somebody who's aspirational, somebody who's living the life I want to live. I want to be like this guy. And they saw that as a threat. I, I made it very difficult for them to program the young men of the generation with whatever they want to program them with. And for that reason, they decided I was too dangerous to exist and I must be annihilated. If they truly cared about men's mental health, then they would have come to me and said, Andrew Tate, you have huge influence over a large percentage of the population. We want to, we're unhappy with certain elements of your messaging. Perhaps it needs curation. Perhaps it needs editing. But we understand that you are so respected and so many men look up to you. We can't possibly just delete you from the internet. That's bad for men's mental health as a whole. You're championing issues, which a lot of men struggle with. If they were worried about women, they could have approached me with the same rhetoric. Instead, they just decided, no, let's completely annihilate him. And let me make something very, very clear. There is nobody who is against me who has a genuine concern for women. And I'll tell you this now because I have no criminal record. I have never been arrested in any country uh, and held on suspicion of anything. Uh, there were some incidents which I talked about in my final video in which I was swatted and accused of crimes I didn't commit. But there are plenty of people on social media with genuine criminal charges against women. I don't have any of these things. I haven't hurt any women. No women have come forward saying I've hurt them. There's not a single female who's making videos saying I hurt them. In fact, quite the contrary. There were videos on YouTube from women who know me very well saying this is all false and this is not fair, which have been deleted in real time by the YouTube censorship ever since I've been banned. But it's completely asinine. And what they're doing is they're weaponizing the idea of misogyny. They're pretending they care about women and using it as an excuse to cancel me. And it's nothing to do with women. Nobody is concerned for women because there's no reason for concern. The truth is they just want me gone. And uh, it's true because... Uh... His uh, whole thing of uh, his image, uh, you can find interviews of him from someone else. Meaning, my channel have his interviews, so you'll find him with me, or in this case, Tucker, who is interviewing him, and and a few others. But anything to do with his company, his channels, they're gone. They're banned. There, there's nothing you can find about uh, about Andrew. Tate, so I hope you uh, got a little bit of, uh, you know, some good feedback on what's going on in this world of ours, and st be safe, stay safe, and we'll come back and uh, and chat some more. Thank you so much for being with me, and uh, catch you soon. Bye-bye.